0: For those who have dogs, I'm sure a lot of you pamper them. You love them so much it hurts. And you want nothing but the best for them. You want them to be treated with the love and respect they deserve. But of course, not everyone thinks this way. There are some people who are so wicked in this world that they'll just abandon their dogs and let them rot. I'm your host Hepburn, and you're listening to the Voiceless Speak Forever podcast, a true crime podcast dedicated to exposing the many misdeeds and abuses done to animals. And every week, I'll be covering a new animal abuse case. Today, I'll be covering a 2019 murder case in Hampstead, Maryland. In April of 2019, in Hampstead, Maryland, an animal control officer named Ed Smith was to enter a home on 4302 Black Rock Road after being tipped off by an anonymous source to do a welfare check on Laura Filler and, depending on the source, her husband or boyfriend, John Roberts, many dogs. The source hadn't seen the couple for over a week and was extremely concerned for the well-being of their dogs. When Smith neared the home, The sight alone didn't seem out of the ordinary. With multiple dogs, you would expect to hear a lot of barking and see multiple dogs jumping up against the windows. But what he heard and what he saw was far more than what he expected. He could smell something that wasn't quite right. And as he approached the Black Rock home, a foul odor was emanating from the house. When Smith got to the front door, he saw that it was padlocked from the outside. Covering his nose to block out the smell, he rang the bell and then banged on the door when no one answered. Knowing he needed reinforcement, he called the fire department to assist him in getting into the house. When the officers came, they found what could only be described as a house of horror. The house was in a disarray. Some parts of the floors of the home were covered in two to four inches of fecal matter and urine and rancid dog food was everywhere. Worse yet, they found 38 dogs of various breeds, 20 of which were Dalmatians, 5 who were Golden Retrievers, and 2 who were English Setters. 11 of these dogs were already deceased and in various states of decomposition, while the remaining 27 were still alive. The 27 dogs who survived were only able to do so because they consumed sewage-like water, and ate moldy dog food. And if you think about it, had that concerned person not called in for help, and had the officers not arrived, these dogs would have most likely died as well. Luckily, however, they were saved, and they were immediately taken to the Humane Society of Carroll County for care. Now, you might think that that was the worst of it, Isn't it bad enough that there was already 27 severely abused dogs and 11 dead dogs? Well, the nightmare isn't over yet. Because just a few days after their first trip, the team returned to the house and to their horror, found an additional 16 dead dogs. Some were found in plastic bags thrown in the backyard, one was found liquefied in a bathtub. And one person even said that there was a padlock crate with just bones and fur in it. All of these dogs were believed to have died from starvation and dehydration. The scene was so deplorable that rescue and recovery personnel had to wear hazmat suits to retrieve all the dogs. In fact, when later interviewed, the police and first responders said that this was one of the most disturbing scenes I had ever seen. When the breeders who sold them their dogs and previous owners of the dogs found out about the situation, they immediately caught the Humane Society of Carroll County in hopes of reuniting with their dogs. Of the ones who were able to provide microchip numbers, the Humane Society were able to successfully reunite 15 dogs with their original owners. However, not everyone was so lucky. One person who sold three golden retrievers was never able to confirm if they were dead or alive because she had never microchipped her dogs prior to giving them to Laura and John. Initially, she didn't see any red flags. The customary interview she had with any prospective parent went pretty well. So well, in fact, that she actually believed that John was a genuinely nice person. And the website Laura and John put up, it had nothing offending on it. It featured happy puppies frolicking in a very large and nice yard. However, once she agreed to sell them her puppies, she started to sense that something wasn't right. She said they had agreed on a payment plan, but John never made his final payment to her, which forced her to file a lawsuit against him. And he never sent her photos of the dogs like he promised. And he never registered the dogs, which is what legit breeders do If they want to sell or show their dogs. Now she lives with the regret that first she sold them her dogs and second she never microchipped them which would have allowed them to be identified. But why did Laura and John torture and murder these dogs? Well the answer lies in greed. Laura and John were bad breeders. They were running an illegal dog breeding operation which ran under the names black dog Dalmatians, and black rock puppies. As unlicensed breeders, they did not register their dogs to a kennel or breed club or take the time necessary to learn what the best genetic matches were for their dogs. Instead, they treated the dogs as if they were invaluable. Laura and John only saw them as dollar signs and didn't care about their well-being so long as they got something out of them. And when the dogs no longer gave them what they wanted, they just abandoned them, but they wouldn't be able to get away with it. When the police apprehended them, they were indicted with 109 charges, 81 counts of animal cruelty, 27 counts of animal waste and dead or decaying animals, and malicious destruction of property greater than a thousand dollars. During her hearing, Laura's lawyers Jeanette de Bossier and Lee McNulty claimed that it wasn't Laura but John who was the one who was really at fault. Not only was John the main abuser but they said that he was also abusing and controlling Laura too and that she was ignorant to the state of the home because she had already left the house and had started living in her car months before John left the home. So the assumption here is that the majority of the abuse of the dogs took place in the intervening months between the time she moved out of the home and her arrest, suggesting that she had very little to do with the abuse of the dogs, which is just really hard to believe. And I won't vic- I won't victim blame here, but if she was an actual victim of the dogs, which is really hard to believe, Even if she didn't have any part in the physical abuse of the dogs, the fact that she turned a blind eye to the abuse is criminal enough. And as for John, his legal team used depression as his defense. Depression doesn't make anyone kill or abuse 54 dogs. There's honestly no causation there. So on his lawyer's part, that's just a really terrible reason to use for mercilessly killing 27 dogs, and maltreating 27 dogs. The judge, Fred Hecker, also didn't buy Laura and John's excuses. In October of 2019, John pled guilty to 11 counts of aggravated animal cruelty. He was sentenced to a 33-year prison sentence. 33 years because each one of the counts he pled guilty to was worth a maximum penalty of three years in jail, but all was suspended except 11 years and 11 days, which means that he'll only just be serving 11 years and 11 days in jail, all to run consecutively. In addition, after he is released, he will be spending five years on probation, during which time he won't be able to own an animal. In July of 2020, Laura also pled guilty to 11 counts of aggravated animal cruelty. She was also sentenced to 33 years in prison, suspending all but 7 years and 7 days, which means that she's only going to spend 7 years and 7 days in jail. Judge Hecker also said that he would be recommending Laura to a correctional center that would help her with her mental issues, though at the time of this recording, it's unclear if he has already done it. After she is released from prison, she, like John, will be spending five years on probation during which time she also will not be able to own an animal. Which, honestly, the five years in which they aren't allowed to own a pet is absurd because of what they have done. They should never be allowed to own a pet again. In addition to their prison sentences, the couple was also charged to pay the Humane Society of Carroll County $10,900 in restitution and $91,400 to the company that owned their home and property. As for the 27 surviving dogs, they're doing pretty well. When they were found, they were brought to the Humane Society of Carroll County for care and they recovered. The 12 dogs who were not microchipped were placed in foster care or they were adopted. And the 27 dogs who tragically died all were cremated and given proper burials at the Baltimore Humane Society in Reisterstown. They were also given names. The cemetery and funeral director at the Baltimore Humane Society, Veronica Van Hoff, said, We will name them because we cannot save them. We name them so we remember them. And their names were Acorn. Almadine, Aspen, Cricket, Fern, Grasshopper, Holly, Jade, Juniper, Kona, Linden, Luna, Marigold, Mariposa, Meadow, Nessie, River, Rory, Robin, Sage, Sky, star, sycamore, sunshine, topaz, tupelo, and willow. Smith, the animal control officer who went to the scene, was also at the ceremony and placed a memorial stone in their honor. The area where the stone was placed was beneath an archway adorned with 27 empty collars and each of the dog's names. Also. Chloe, a Dalmatian of the Black Rock Dogs, was also present to say goodbye to her brothers and sisters. So, not only was it therapeutic for people to attend their ceremony, but it was for animals as well. So, I do believe that you are able to visit the memorial site at the Baltimore Humane Society in Reisterstown, but just call or email first, just in case. So, that was the case of the Black Rock Dogs. Like the other cases we've discussed, this was an extremely affecting case of abuse and murder. This one really showcased how bad breeding can be when it's done illegally and completely wrong. But we also did see how good humankind could be. Not only did the rescuers do an incredible job, but the Humane Society of Carroll County and the Baltimore Humane Society in Reisterstown did too. They saved these dogs and gave them new lives as well as give the respect the 27 fallen dogs deserved. If you're able to donate or do anything for them, I'll leave their links in the description below. And as always, if you like this episode, please write a review, subscribe, and tell your friends, families, co-workers, strangers, whoever, about the Voiceless Speak Forever podcast So that more people can understand how prevalent and severe the problem of animal cruelty is. This way, more of us can come together and help them. And you can visit us on our Instagram page, the period VSF period official. Please stay safe, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Toodles!